Joining us to talk about this is Joshua Dowling. He's been a teacher for 10 years. First question is, um, so do you work at a school that has strict dress codes and um, or just if not, what are your thoughts on strict dress codes in general? Yeah, so I used to work at a school with a very strict dress code, uh, like uniform policy. Um, and then I switched school districts and now work at a school that has an incredibly lax dress code. Um, so I've had both experiences and I think that uniforms are too much. They restrict not just students like individuality and things like that, but they can also be physically uncomfortable for certain students, uh, particularly students who are overweight or who might be struggling with body image issues to have to fit into a certain type of clothes can be really difficult and can make school really tough for for these kids. So I'm against uniforms generally. Uh, lots of people talk about uh, class and, and money when they're talking about dress codes and use those as a reason to try to have uniforms and things like that. I hear that, uh, but kids are not dumb. Uh, you know, if they have a wealthier classmate or a poor classmate, they know that. Uh, and I think the more important lesson we should be teaching our kids is empathy and how to treat one another. And if clothing is the only thing preventing our kids from growing up to be uh, mean to one another, then I think we're not doing our job very well. That said, uh, post-pandemic, we've kind of gone to a almost no dress code in the interest of uh, letting students feel the most comfortable they can at school. So that looks like folks coming to school sometimes wrapped up in a blanket or a hoodie. Um, I've been mostly okay with that. Uh, usually students have like played within the rules, even though there haven't been terribly, terribly many rules. Um, and I found that it's eliminated a lot of conflicts between teachers and students. Um, There's a lot of animosity a couple of years ago between female students and male teachers uh, and male teachers dress coding students or asking mm -hmm. students to dress differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we can avoid most of that. Mm -hmm. uh, my principal, when she was going over this new dress code kind of scheme, said something to the effect of, we really want to be policing things that could lead to a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> uh, but we don't want to make anyone feel you know, ashamed or feel any type of way. So that's kind of where we're at now. And I'm mostly okay with that. Uh, no strict dress code, but nothing uh, promoting violence, drugs, gangs, that type of thing. Uh, nothing that's uh, too revealing. Uh, but now students can wear crop tops, things like that, spaghetti straps. Um, my only beef instructionally is that uh, we let the kids wear headphones or uh, hoodies to feel like more comfy and safe. And a lot of the kids know that they can now wear hoodies to disguise uh, AirPods and headphones. Um, but that, I think, just requires that you know your students and keep an eye out on the kids that you know are trying to be a little sneaky. So generally in favor of uh, least conflict uh, inducing dress code as possible. Okay. All right. You there answered like a few of the questions, the ones I had, but um, so, okay. So you kind of already answered this one. Um, just overall, just do a quick run through. What are some examples of the dress code of 
what are some examples that you see that are enforced fr from the dress code yeah. policy? What are some, just, just give me a few things. Yeah. So uh, one thing that we do try to heavily enforce and look out for is things that are related to gangs uh, and things that are related to violence. Unfortunately, in our area, there are uh, not a lot, but there are some, you know, gangs that operate and try to, you know, recruit and, uh, you know, take advantage of our students. And so we look out for students who are wearing kind of gang related clothing that can be things of a certain color sometimes or certain brands. But then the solution to that generally is to try to like bring in the kid and bring in the family mm -hmm. and try to figure out what's got them to that place in the first place. <laughs> um, it's not necessarily like punitive, uh, but hey, I noticed you're wearing blue every day. What does this mean? Oh, so trying to figure out like what the root cause is. There have been another couple of instances where I've had students with just like clearly uh, maybe sexually explicit terms on them mm -hmm. and uh, that might not have been I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this might not be clearly explicit to older teachers, uh, but because of the way culture works and because of the way the internet works, younger teachers have seen these things and know that they are like inappropriate or like maybe an inappropriate YouTuber or something like that. Yeah. In situations like that, uh, I've intervened and said, Hey, I see you're wearing this shirt today. Do you want to tell me what that word means? <laughs> um, and sometimes the kids genuinely don't know. Uh, like I had a student wearing a Backwoods shirt. Backwoods is a tobacco company. And so we talked to her about that and she just thought the logo was pretty. <laughs> and so then it was a conversation like, hey, that's cool. But unfortunately, you can't wear this shirt in school because it is, uh, you know, a chewing tobacco company or a cigarette company or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been the most of the recent dress code uh, type of things we've had. Our bigger issues has been AirPods and cell phones. Oh, um, yeah. But a similar conversation, uh, trying to come from a place of empathy and understanding. Okay. All right. So um, just again, just quickly, just over, like, what are, just to narrow it down, what do you think the problem with dress codes in general? What do you think is just the main problem with them? Um. For me, I think the biggest problem with dress codes is that they can really damage the relationship between teachers and students and students and school, uh, especially with my student population. School is not necessarily something they all look forward to. A lot of my students have bad experiences with teachers or other uh, authority figures in the past. And so not having a terribly restrictive dress code just takes so many of those things off the, the table. I remember my first year in this school, I saw one of my students, she came in and she was wearing this gorgeous dress and I was going to compliment her on the dress and I didn't realize, but it was like spade ice wraps or something. And her first response when I said her name was to say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to wear this again. Uh, I don't want to be dress coded again. Mm -hmm. And that just caught me off guard so much because that wasn't even something that I had considered mm -hmm. um but i think that that uh, goes to show you that students can even when they're dressed up can be on edge and kind of worried about dress codes and since then we've moved away from that like heavy policing of dress codes 
Mm-hmm. I think that's made it a lot easier. Another couple of like sexism, I think, comes into play a lot, yep, yep. Uh, especially as a male teacher. Um, like me deciding what is too much for a female student to uh, show. I don't feel good about that anyway. Uh, so I'm glad to not have to do that anymore. And then uh, we've also, as a school, talked through how dress codes can inadvertently uh, push some kind of racist or racist attitudes by limiting certain types of clothes that uh, maybe African-American students wear or Latino students are more prone to wear. So we, as a school, have mostly come around to that. And it's been, I think, a lot better because now our conversations with kids are usually more positive. And when we have to, you know, get get someone in trouble, it's not over something silly like a space strap or, you know, shorts. It's over something more serious. And I think that that's probably better for all of us. Okay. All right. So um, you... You're doing a really good job at answering a lot of these questions before I even ask them. But um, so, um, lots of grad school, I think. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, all right. So, all right. So you kind of you've already answered the the sexism and um, so let's go, and then also the the racism question. You've already answered that too. So I'm gonna go ahead and ask this one. So. Do you, a lot of the, you, you hear a lot about the dress codes from girls. There's a lot of people say that girls are unfair, are usually the target of dress codes more so than boys. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I would. Um, I think that we are prone to uh, be like guarded about uh, girls and also to be like suspicious of girls. And so I think uh, some teachers approach dress codes from this angle of, oh, I need to protect this student. She doesn't know that she's wearing this outfit. Or, oh, from the, from the flip side, oh, I need to protect them. And both of those obviously are a lot to put on a child who's wearing an outfit. Uh, when oftentimes the problem is people, you know, sexualizing maybe not peers sexualizing it. Uh, uh, let me cut that. Um, <laughs> the problem is that we think of kids in these kind of adult terms. And I think kids are trying to explore who they are and who they want to be. And the better conversation we should be having is with male peers uh, about how to respect one another and about with classmates about how to respect not just girls, but boys who might dress in different fashions and not to harass anyone, uh, regardless of what they're wearing. And I think that when we try to take up this protective role without any evidence that there's a problem, that just creates conflict. And it also creates uh, feelings of insecurity and doubt in, in girls. Okay. All right. And, um, and then you've already, you've kind of already touched on the, the, the racism that's within dress codes. Just to kind of go over that again and to reemphasize, what examples of racism? of racism do you see in dress codes? Yeah, so I will admit that I did not think of race codes from like a, a racial lens until the last couple of years. Uh, actually, you know, post pandemic, post uh, all of the Black Lives Matter protests and things like that. Um, but previously we would have kids 
take off hats or any sort of like cover or uh, caps or things like that or hoodies uh, or like things to do with hair, uh, you know, like a wrap or things like that. And, uh, you know, post pandemic, uh, we've had a lot of conversations with students about how it makes them feel like the way that they dress at home, the way that their parents and family members have always dressed the way that they were raised to be, uh, you know, dress up, dress out, show off, uh, is somehow only bad in school, uh, or somehow the hat is only going to cause a problem in school. Um, and, you know, what ends up happening is that white teachers end up calling out students of color for things that, uh, you know, when they were in school, we're part of the dress code and they've followed along with, but I think that uh, a lot of these rules and regulations are kind of holdovers from when schools looked a lot different and the country looked a lot different. And so I think we're catching up and uh, part of that is admitting, that, you know, some of our policies in the past can have been bad and could have been hurtful. Uh, so I'm glad that we are making some small steps. Okay. All right. So now on the, the argument, usually, and you, you answered this really well the, the, uh, during the first question, but um, a lot of the argument for uniforms or strict dress codes is to prevent classism. Just to go over it again, do you think that that is the case? Do they really prevent that? Yeah, I would just suggest that you go to a school in a wealthy suburb in America and look around for uh, uniform. There's no school where the medium income of the family is like $80,000 a year that has dress codes. That's a public school. Uh, uniforms get put on for students uh, as a way of, this is the argument, purely me, of course, uh, but this argument that there's somehow an equalizer is just so silly. Uh, the kids that get told to wear uniforms are kids who are usually lower income end up becoming a burden, not just for the student, but for the family. When they have to go out and purchase a specific set of clothes, they have to make sure that specific set of clothes is clean every single day. And actually I've noticed more bullying with uniforms uh, for students who can't afford to do laundry every day or can't afford to have more than two sets of the uniform. And so they come to school with the same stains from yesterday. And that's where the kids get bullied. Not because they're wearing, you know, a particular set of shoes or something like that. I think that class, okay, you're breaking up a little you bit. You know, is a big uh, point of tension throughout the country, but the kids are going to know who has money and who doesn't. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, we're just Seems a little bit better now. Yeah, it's a little better. Um, we were breaking up a little bit, but we, I, we did get mo most of that, so that's good. Um, all right, the last question is, is what, can you hear me? I think it's back. Either, uh, you there? Good, good, good. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that last question. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so the last question is, what do you think is the best policy and what is the best way to enforce it so that it's fair for everyone? 
I think the best types of policies are ones that are created with community engagement from, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, you were breaking up. Can you, can you, uh, start over? I don't know. Um, Hello? You, you there? Yeah. Sorry. Can it's you hear okay. me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Just go ahead and start over. And I think the issue is when the camera is moving. All right, so I will say very still. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just the last question is, what is the best policy and what is the best way to enforce it so that it's fair for everyone? Yeah, I think that the best way to make any type of lasting policy is to have input from all the stakeholders. So teachers, students, parents, um, and just kind of talking through some of the issues um, and making sure that everyone's perspectives are heard. And that's how you can kind of get at what can we do to make sure that our kids are safe without making them feel uncomfortable or unwell in school. And uh, through those conversations, hopefully we can come to a similar place. I imagine a less restrictive dress code, but that still has guidelines and guide rails. Uh, and then just really explaining and working together as a school community about why certain items are restricted. Uh, we do that when we actually talk to, to parents about individual violations. But I think it would be better if, as a school community, every year or so, we, at the beginning of the year, at the middle of the year, whenever, had an open forum and actually could talk through those things. Uh, and I think we'd probably still end up in a similar place. But then there's whole-scale community engagement, there's buy-in, and everyone kind of understands the root. I think when people don't understand why there's rules, it makes them really hard to follow.